Now, you very likely experienced something similar to the story that I'm just going to share with you. I was on Vancouver Island, British Columbia, exploring some logging roads, some back roads, and I'm looking to try and connect one area to another. The thing is with these logging roads is, the logging roads, while they're in use, when they're actually doing logging, they're maintained and everything works fine. But as soon as they're done, they fall into disrepair. They often remove bridges. They'll decommission the roads. So you end up with this network of roads that appear to lead somewhere, but quite often it's just a bunch of dead ends. And I'm, I'm using my GPS, which shows these roads on there, but I keep getting sort of misinformed. I go down and find a bridge is out or find the trails not used or washed out. I mean, there's a lot of washouts and landslides. So it, it's kind of fun to try and find your way. Anyway, so I'm this one day I'm, I'm trying to find my way. I'm trying to connect two sections of the island, really, so, and, and make my way over a pass. But I'm just having no luck. And I'm by myself and I'm riding along and it's, it's a warm day out. The sun's really beating down and this trail starts to get narrower and narrower and, and becomes less and less used. And then pretty soon the brush is rubbing my arms and I get to this one section that goes down and it starts to turn around and I realize the road is completely washed out ahead of me right at the corner there. So I have to stop right there. So I stop very quickly and there is no place to turn around. I mean, there's no room there. I've got brush at the sides it's very difficult. And then, like I said, it's hot out. So it's a pretty sort of one of those uncomfortable situations. But luckily, luckily, I had a skill that I used to turn my bike around in a few seconds instead of grunting and sweating and pushing and pulling and fighting brush and everything. In a few seconds, I was flipped around the other way and riding again with a breeze in my face. And that is what we're talking about today on our exclusive rider skills program turning your bike around in really tight places. I'm Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. Stay with us. We got a good one for you. Best product is the maker of the Cycle Pump, the best tire inflator for motorcyclists. It'll inflate your flat tire in less than three minutes. Made in the USA, comes with a lifetime warranty. They also distribute Google Tech filters, cyclepump.com. And Green Chili Adventure Gear offers American-made heavy-duty luggage systems for all types of motorcycles. You can turn any dry bag into luggage using their strapping system. And of course, Green Chili Adventure Gear is tested in extreme weather and terrain to withstand the abuse that adventure riding gives it. Tough, reliable gear, greenchiliadv.com. Well, if you haven't run into it already, you're definitely going to run into it at some point if you ride enough, getting into a position where you've got to turn your bike around and there's just not much room to turn it around in. Those turns can be really difficult, stress-inducing turns that often end up being like far more complicated and physical than they need to be, often involving more than one rider, two or three people trying to turn your bike around. Just using one of the two main methods that we're talking about to spin your bike around today would be enough to get you out of most situations. Maybe even this one where you have your bike in the garage 
But to get it out, you've got to back it up and sort of snake it around something. If you were able to do one of these turns, the one in particular, you could just spin it around and then ride the bike out forward. It's these situations that we're going to talk about, turning your bike around in small spaces. Today, we're going to learn two methods to turn the motorcycle around in tight places, one with the engine off, the other using engine power to do the turn, as well as a bunch of other tips for other situations, reminders and methods that um, you can use to turn your bike around all today on our Rider Skills program. Rider Skills is an exclusive program we developed here at Adventure Rider Radio designed to give you tools that can improve your riding skills both on and off-road. Now, of course, these segments are not meant to be a substitute for professional training. These are ideas and concepts that should you choose to try, you're doing so at your own risk. Today, we've got Clinton Smout, a familiar name for regular listeners to our Rider Skills program. Clinton is the head instructor at Smart Adventures in Ontario, Canada, where they've trained over 150,000 riders to ride at a higher skill level. Hi, I'm Clinton Smoat. I'm from a rider training school called Smart Riding Adventures. Clinton, welcome back. Hi, Jim. How are you? I'm very well. How was your day? Fantastic. Really nice weather. And we had a fantastic day training, believe it or not, 11 police officers and police cadets. Mm. Now, what, what are you training them for? Like, obviously, motorcycle stuff, but what are you training them yeah. to do? Even the newest rider had the second level of street bike license training, but these folks use off-road motorcycles in forests and park environments for what's called municipal law enforcement. Mm. So apparently there's a lot of crime, especially when it gets dark, in parks. So this particular unit use small dirt bikes to patrol with. And they thought it would be good to have specific off-road training that just helped keep the officers safe rather than just street bike training. So that's why they came to us. Mm. So what kind of stuff do you teach a police officer? You teach them how to fire their gun while they're riding or, or use no. the bike to take down someone as this trying to no. run away? Is... Yeah, brake checks. No, it was... <laughs> It was stuff that street ride, as we've discussed before, street skills don't transfer really well into off-road. So appropriate front brake use. There's not a lot of steep hills on road unless you're in San Francisco. So uh, we worked a lot with terrain challenges, gravel, mud, sand, wet grass, steep hills. How do you go up them and down them? What happens if you fall halfway up? How to turn around and go back down? All kinds of stuff. Mm, wow. And uh, the last lesson was how to tow a motorcycle because <laughs> we had a little mishap and an ignition was broken. So I hot wired it, but I thought ah, that'd still be a good chance to teach them how to tow. Mm -hmm. But they probably wouldn't tow in, in, for work. They'd just leave it. Yeah, well, they're going to buy the green chilies toe strap that I use and think highly of because that elastic part in the middle, Jim, I just love it. Yeah. Because yeah. they they couldn't get a tow truck or a cruiser into some of these trails that they patrol. Oh, right. Yeah. So they'd be, they'd be forced to do that then, wouldn't they? Absolutely. At least tow it out to the road. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
Sounds like good fun. It sounds like you had a good day. And now you're going to finish it off teaching us how to turn motorcycles around. And this is all about those times where you run down a trail, especially if it's narrow and find yourself at a spot that's tough to turn around. But it could also be used, um, this first one that we're talking about in particular can be used for for turning around in a garage. So, so basically what we're doing today is we're talking about turning the bike around while you're off the bike. So this is okay. mainly off the bike, right? Sure. So one of them is going to be um, a, a side stand pivot. The other one's going to be a spin pivot. Let's start with the side stand pivot. So just before we get into the nitty gritties, before we get into talking about this, what exactly is the concept of this turn, the side stand pivot? And that is that the correct name? Is that what you call it? Yeah, that's what we call it. And it's very intimidating to people and their eyes get big when I demonstrate it. And they think, oh, that's crazy. You're going to break your side stand or bend something on the bike. But and we should qualify, you should really look down and see where your side stand is attached. Uh, there's the odd bike out there, and I don't want to cut it up because I love the bike. It's an incredible motor. But the new Harley-Davidson Pan America, the side stand is attached to the left crankcase, an Ooh. engine case. Wow. And, you know, not all the time, but if you're pivoting, they don't recommend you do what you and I are just going to talk about. They don't even recommend that. I think we've discussed it before. Sometimes our bikes are very tall, especially in the adventure world. And it's hard to get on the darn things. So we tell people, put your left foot on the left foot peg, kick up like you're getting on a horse, and the seat is a lot closer to you. It's shorter, really, because you're six inches off the ground, eight inches off the ground. Uh, don't do that with this particular bike. Sorry, you're talking about with a kickstand down. You're saying get on yeah. with the kickstand down. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then swing your leg over, stand it up, put mm-hmm. your side stand up. Don't do that on that bike because it could crack the engine case and you'll have a big puddle of oil under it. That's bizarre because the engine case is cast and cast tends to be brittle. It's got other characteristics with the reason they use it. But cast is brittle, in particular with an alloy that they're using for these things to keep them light. So it's certainly something you don't want to really stress very much. And and what we're talking about is, is using that kickstand as a pivot. That's why you're mentioning this is because yes. we're actually going to put all the weight on the kickstand. That's what you're going to walk us through right now. So you're saying if, if you do have one of these bikes, the new Pan Americans, you do not want to do this at all. But you should look nope. at whatever your bike is. You should not only look at the mount, where it mounts, because it should mount to the frame or something solid. Well, I guess, yeah, the frame. That's, that's it, yeah. right? Everybody else mounts it to the frame, as Harley's done for over 100 years. Wow. So I I think we'll see that evolve into a frame mount. Yeah, yeah. There must have been some engineering thing there that they chose to to do that. But in any case, so you don't want to do that. And so you're looking where it mounts, but you're also looking at the kickstand itself, correct? Yes, especially for adventure bikes. You know, you're doing it in the garage. It's concrete. You're out on a paved road then the standard stock foot of a side stand probably won't sink into the ground. Although that did happen to me, Jim. Oh my God, what a memory. I went to visit this young lady when I was probably 17. I had a 350 Honda. Her dad had just paved the driveway. Mm. And he was very particular about anything damaging his driveway. So I hear screaming and yelling after I'd parked and I was inside visiting this young girl named Donna. <laughs> so we run outside to see what all the yelling about. And there's my bike lying on the driveway 
the side stand is sunk into the hot pavement. And of course, whatever gas I had in the tank (laughs) is, oh, it was just... It was uh, the end of the relationship, Jim. <laughs> get, get rid of this guy? I mean, yeah. not only did you put holes in it, but then you poured gasoline on this brand new asphalt. You, yeah. you destroyed it. You made a, a whole patch. Wow. Yeah. You're never seeing that guy again, was what I was to- overheard. So, <laughs> oh, well. But the, si- the side stand, so a lot of adventure bikes, one of the doodads that we'll put on is that extra big foot. So in soft terrain, like your girlfriend's freshly drive, paved driveway, or mud, sand, even grass, uh, the standard stock little foot of a side stand, uh, you may well hear a crash after you walk away because it sunk into the soft terrain. So mm-hmm. you, what you'll have to do if you don't have this optional big foot is find a stick or a flat rock, something that will give you a little structural support when you lean in the weight of the bike down. Right. But what we're looking at, though, is we're looking to make sure that our, our st- side stand is beefy enough. And probably it's something that we want to pay attention to the first time that we do it. We practice this in our garage or on our driveway or whatever, uh, just to make sure that it's not doing any damage to it as we do it, correct? And, and the other thing Thanks. I was going to say is most of these adventure bikes are really made with enough strength in their side stand, other than you just mentioned the, the Pan America because of the mount right. itself, but the leg itself, the, the kickstand itself is fairly robust, is it not? It is. Yeah. And we, we have such a diversification of adventure bikes coming to the school. So it's something that um, we teach and I've taught it to just about, the only bike I haven't seen yet is that new Aprilia Touareg. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen one at the school but they were just parked in the parking lot. But And the new Moto Guzzi 850, I forget its name, but I haven't had one of those. But everything else, um, we've taught this and got the customers comfortable doing it and had no issues with the side stand. Okay. And now, before we get started on it, what what skill level is this that? Is this a, a beginner thing or advanced or what yeah. is it? We don't teach it in the beginner novice. I've just got a motorcycle type training. It's a little bit, maybe middle skilled. Okay. Um, So we do teach it in BMW level one training as an optional lesson. Okay, so it is part of the curriculum. But this is something that most people should be able to pick up and do. It's it's not you don't need extra strength for this. You don't need to real finesse for it. You just need to learn the procedure, and you should be able to do it. Then correct. Exactly. It's almost similar to putting your bike on the center stand. Huh. You know, there's a tech, a technique, a fluid technique that will help you do it. It's not strength or brawn. Mm-hmm. It's technique. So we tell people when you're first practicing big, heavy bike, have a spotter just in case it kind of you lose balance and your bike tips over onto your car. This isn't good. So have a spotter and it wouldn't hurt to have a spotter when we're doing the side stand pivot as well. Right. Can I just throw in there, my little suggestion would be don't do this right beside your car, Clinton. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, we need we need a 360, the length of your bike, you need that 
in a big circle of space. So definitely not, right. you know, empty the garage first. <laughs> and what, what I'd asked actually originally as we started talking here was for you to, to describe the concept. And I think we've talked about tons of other things, but we, we haven't actually talked about the we've concept of, of what we're doing. So what is the concept? Like, like just oh, like the overview so we can get it in our mind, what yeah. the, the mental picture of what we're trying to do here. The idea is you approach your bike from the left, it's on the side stand. And uh, where it might be practical to use, we'll explain first, is if you've got to turn around on a tight trail. And this is an alternative to doing the seven back and forth, 90, per, <laughs> 90 per, you know, that. 90 point turn. Yeah, back and forth. That um, takes a lot of time and it's hard to do, especially if the bike is tall, you're on your tippy toes, you're trying to go back and then forward. Uh one of the best things about this is it doesn't take a lot of strength. So you put your side stand down and you just lift the bike's weight towards you. And then the only part of the motorcycle on the ground is the side stand. And then you just pivot it and turn it and set it back down on the tires when the front tires pointing the direction you want to go. You know, what's funny because listening to you explain it right now, I think for anyone who hasn't done this or doesn't understand the concept of this, this sounds bizarre. Yes. <laughs> it does. It sounds bizarre. You're putting the whole motorcycle up on the side stand and then turning it around. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Okay. You're going to have to, you're going to take some convincing here. So, yes. <laughs> so, okay. So how do we do this? Um, have your handlebars at full lock. If the side stands on the left, which it is on 99% of motorcycles, the only ones that it isn't are little trials bikes, you know, the ones with no seats. Mm -hmm. So every other bike, it's on the left side. So kick your kickstand out all the way, turn the bars full lock to the left. And then this part is very important for the strength part of it. Your left hand is on the left handlebar, keeping it down in the full lock position. Your right hand, goes across the seat to the right-hand side of the motorcycle, somewhere near the seat. Maybe there's a grab rail around the seat, or you can envelop your hand under the frame. Do not pull up on the seat, because it wasn't designed for that. You could ruin however your seat attaches to the bikes. Mm -hmm. I've seen people do that. You said your left hand is on the left handlebar. Yes, it is. Left hand on the left handlebar. So you're pushing the left bar. Yeah. Okay. And then, so you're going to pull backwards on the left bar and it's in the full lock position. Your right hand is up on the frame of the bike behind the seat on the right hand side. The idea is if you're pulling with your left hand backwards and lifting up with your right hand, the rear wheel comes off the ground. That's right. what we want to do first. And it's already pivoted. It's supported with the side stand and the front tire. Then all you have to do is pull harder towards you with your left hand and the front tire comes off the ground. And then you simply twist your hips and your feet so softer terrain, but you slide your boots as you pull with your left hand and support the weight of the bike with your right hand. It's a balance act and you pivot the motorcycle and then let 
the front wheel go on the ground first and then relax the hold of holding the weight of the right hand and the bike rests on the side stand with the tires on the ground. Okay. And so it, let me just, let me just interject here. We'll just yeah. stop for a second. So the way that I've always, I've learned it and that I do it is bars full lock to the right. You reach across your left hand, you grab the throttle side and then your hand, right hand goes to the back and then you pull back the throttle side first to lift the front wheel off and then the back wheel. Right. So, so why are you doing it? Why do you teach it the other way? Uh, I've tried both and your way for me is harder to balance once you're starting to pivot. Oh, that's good to know. Oh, that's, that's, the, that's the only difference that I've found. And you don't find that, and I'm certainly not questioning your ways at all, but you yeah. you don't find that by grabbing the left handlebar with it full left lock, that you're not cramped in with your, your hands cramped no. into your body when you're turning. Because you're standing a little bit behind the, set, the side stand. Oh, okay. So your left foot would be in line with the side stand and your right foot is back. So that way you get your back strength into it when you're spinning and lifting. Mm. Okay. I've it, never tried this yeah, method you've before. Try I've done, it. it's I've very done the other cool. way. Now that's great. This is a great tip for me. Okay. So I understand. So so and and what you said there when you were explaining it was you're lifting up the back first. Yeah, we do the back first. If you did your way, it would be the front wheel first. Right. Okay. So so it's because you're doing the full left lock and then you're doing you're lifting it that way that you're lifting the back first. Exactly. Oh, interesting. And an intermediary step would be the bars are at full lock. Your left hand is on the clutch side. What you can do is simply lift up with your right hand. So the rear wheel's in the air. If you've got good traction underneath, it's not mud or sand, you can simply roll the front wheel because the brake's not on. Leave the front wheel on the ground. If you're pulling on the left hand, the front tire turns. That is sneaky. That so is... that's kind of the halfway step. Right. Okay. I, I see what you're doing. Well, that's interesting. Okay. And when you're pulling it over, you're pulling it just past the balance point then against your upper thighs? Exactly. Exactly. And I'm standing, you know, maybe a couple of feet away from the bike. It's not leaning against me. Okay. And so if you don't want both wheels off the ground, because that takes some balance and a little strength and mm -hmm. coordination, it's easier. Just get the back wheel up and kind of roll the front tire as you're pulling on the left hand. And you don't have to take the front wheel off the ground. We teach both ways. Does it roll like in the, in the natural curve that it wants to, or are you skidding it a little bit? Uh, no, it will roll and your the side stand is skidding. Okay. Like you're dragging your side stand a little at that point. Where both wheels are off the ground, the side stand's not really moving. It stays in one spot and you pivot around. And with that, you don't risk the side stand folding up if the side stand is dragging? No, because it's very important that it's all the way out and you're pulling backwards on it. So okay. it's amazing how it works, but I'll show both methods on the little video I'll take tomorrow. Okay, great. And then we'll put that in the show notes. So if anyone doesn't get what we're saying from talking about this, 
then they can go and, and look at the video that will be in the show notes. This is great yeah. because it's you threw really threw me for a loop here because yeah. it's not what I'm used to doing. And I, I've just sort of always done it that way and just expected you to say the same thing. I love the idea of dragging the front wheel and that's something I'm, I'm definitely going to have to try. That could really yeah. make things a lot easier. It's not as intimidating for people to lift a you know 600 pound motorcycle up on the side stand. It looks crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it works. But if people are at all intimidated, we'll show them just the front wheel. You don't have to lift both off. And that's less stress on the metallurgy of the side stand and the weld, et cetera. Oh, yeah. And it's it's less strength requirement. And you achieve the same thing. The bike turns around. Where it doesn't work is heavy mud and sand because the front tire is not rolling very well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Clinton, let me let me just see, make sure I've I've got this right. So we've got the bike on the side stand. The engine is off. We're standing beside it, or I'm standing beside it. I've got the the bars at full left lock. I'm grabbing the left handlebar. The left handlebar is where the clutch is. With my left hand, I'm reaching across with my right hand, grabbing probably the the uh, the rack if I've got a rack on there for panniers yeah. or something like that. But as you said, not the seat because you, you break your seat. And then what I'm doing is I'm lifting the back towards me. So what I'm doing is I'm standing with my, my feet probably shoulder width apart, fairly close to the motorcycle, but enough that I can tilt it up to the pivot point, just past the pivot point and rest it against my upper thighs as I do this. And at yeah, that point, so once you, I, go ahead. Uh, sorry, go, I was just going to say, so you once your hand is there, you're pulling backwards with your left hand. Now lift and lean your back backwards so your right arm is lifting the back of the motorcycle up. It's only a few inches. It's not three feet in the air. So that's not strength. You're just tilting rather than lifting. Yeah, and, and, you're, and you're not, like, it, it, this is not, as you said at the start, this is not the thing you need brute strength for. This is all about no. balance and coordination. Yeah, you should see me with no shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, it looks... <laughs> My wrist just goes up to my elbow or my, uh, so I, I don't look like a bodybuilder. <laughs> right, right. But you are, but you just don't look like that, right? <laughs> yeah. I wear my chest protector, Jim, when I'm riding under my jersey. So it looks like I go to the gym. Oh, right. That's another good tip. Wow, that's great. You're full and of today, Clinton. A gym membership is way more expensive than the chest protector. So, oh, I totally you know, agree. I'm, I'm way ahead. Yeah. If you can fake it, it's definitely, you don't spend the time in the gym. If you can fake it, no. you definitely should fake it for sure. I could be out riding. That's <laughs> right. Rather than waste <laughs> your time in a gym getting fit. Exactly. So, so let me just go back to that. So when I've got it tilted up to that, to that um, balance pointers or just over the balance points it's leaning to me, then I just do a side shuffle with my feet. I'm sort of shuffling yes. around and the kickstand is, is the pivot point. Uh, that's why it's called side stand pivot. The kickstand yes. is a pivot point and that's what I'm pivoting it around. So if I can just imagine that. Now, the only other thing I was going to mention is, is um, it might be worthwhile to fold up that passenger peg so your shin doesn't get it. Absolutely. Yeah. That might be one in there. For sure. And the other thing is um, the the surface. Now, you already talked about that, your experience with your 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 driveway, how you lost that girlfriend. Um, <laughs> but, but that's something to consider too, right? I mean, you've got to look at the surface that you have there. If it doesn't look like it's going to support it, and I think you're going to know it really quick as you start to pull it over and feel it sink too far towards you. But best to plan ahead and look at the surface first and put a rock or a tin or a water bottle or whatever it is you have underneath there to try and get yeah. yourself a, a little bit more flotation out of it. When I couldn't find anything to put under, I've used my gloves, Jim. 
Mm, yeah, sure. You know, yeah. something that prevents the side stand from sinking into the soft terrain. Well, you've mentioned sticks before too. I mean, it doesn't take yeah. much of a stick. In particular, if you're just sitting the bike there, it doesn't take much of a stick to put underneath there to, to hold no. it up out of the mud. That's for sure. But that is an optional component that I add to an adventure bike. I just ordered two for the two new 1250s we have. Well, I had, uh, yeah. They're, they're German sticks, though. They're very good. <laughs> wow. No, no, the... Uh, a true extra, BMW rider you are. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's the best. No, the uh, extended footprint, the foot pad <clears throat> that attaches to the bottom of a stock side stand. Mm -hmm. So it's a, like a big foot. I don't know what they're called. Uh, but um, we put them on so that it's much better for the bike not falling over in soft terrain. Because we often right. have to stop to go back and help a friend. You know, I want to check out how deep the, this river is. So I leave my bike on the side stand and get a stick and go look. So I'm, I need that bigger footprint. So I don't, you know, I don't always have a rock with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's pretty straightforward, and that can be used inside. But anytime you're in a tight spot, it could be in your garage, but it most certainly could be in a trail when you we get into one of those spots where you've went in and it's just tight turning around. And, you know, it's a pretty cool thing to show somebody that you can spin your bike around on the side stand as well. Yeah, I think it's very common for showing off. <laughs> right, But right. Uh, my dad used to say, if you show off, you're going to fall off. And, and you didn't so learn, did you? No, still doing stupid stuff. <laughs> Today, our group of police I was telling you about, mm -hmm. we just done the uphill. So the group of 11 and two instructors were at the top of this really steep hill. And I wanted to tell the staff and the participants, guys, we have 20 minutes left. And then I've made reservations for lunch. So I happened to be on my Triumph Scrambler. First ride of the year, I did the tire pressure, checked the oil, fired it up, and I thought, oh, I'll ride up that steep hill and show those guys, you know, what a good rider I am on this cool bike. <laughs> Traction control was on. <sighs> so I got halfway up the hill. I give it a shot, and there's nothing there because as soon as the wheel starts spinning, I did make it up the hill, but it was a lot of clutch work and revving because I had the bike in the wrong mode and I had the traction control on. So yeah, when you go to show off, sometimes it's going to backfire on you. You know, after this many years, Clinton, do you ever have any bells and whistles go off and say, maybe this isn't a good idea? You sound like my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot of hospital visits that have started with, hey, watch this. Right. And then, yeah. And then there's a siren. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So that, that side stand pivot, fairly straightforward and a, a really great turn. I, I really like it. I, I enjoy it. And I'm certainly going to practice the way that you've said now, because it sounds like you, you've got something even better there, which I'm not surprised. We're going to take a quick break. I've got some things that I want to tell you about that I, I know you're going to want to hear about. When we come back, we're going to do the power turn. We're going to use the engine power to, to spin the bike around. And that's going to lead us to the next episode that we do. So stay with us. If 
your motorcycle doesn't have a factory cruise control, the Atlas Throttle Lock is what you need. The Atlas Throttle Lock, invented by Heidi and David Winters on their round-the-world trip, is designed to fit almost any motorcycle. It installs in just a couple of minutes. And then you have a throttle lock that will change the way you ride. Now, I can't talk about the Atlas Throttle Lock without talking about quality because this thing is a beautifully engineered piece of equipment made with the precision of a Swiss watch. It's got two buttons on it, one for engage, the other for disengage. Now, what I love about them most is the tactile feedback they give when you press them. They feel just right, like they've been designed for you on your bike. When you press them, you know exactly what you're doing. There's no looking down. There's no messing around. In fact, the Atlas Throttle Lock is one of those mods that I think you can do to a motorcycle, which is, is kind of rare, that works so perfectly that it just sort of gets out of the way. And, and what I mean by that is that it does its job and allows you to ride and enhances your ride. I'm serious. This thing is a beautiful piece of equipment. It works fantastic. And they're kind of universal as well. So you can switch from one bike to another. It's very easy to do. AtlasThrottleLock.com is the website. Anytime you're dealing with them, throw in there that you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. AtlasThrottleLock.com. See and be seen. That's the motto at Cyclops Adventure Sports. Cyclops is a family-owned and operated business, a family of riders, they make lighting solutions for all types of motorcycles. Actually, if you visit their website, you'll see that they're a one-stop shop for LED lighting for motorcycles. Think about an LED headlight replacement, and they've got loads of these. They're plug-and-play, and they're approved for motorcycles. What an LED headlight would do for not only your vision, but your visibility for other drivers on the road spotting you because you have that super bright headlight. Another great addition would be any of the Cyclops Adventure Sports auxiliary lighting solutions, but I, I was going to mention the Aurora 2-inch auxiliary lights. These are tiny lights, but they punch through the darkness like you would not believe. Beautiful lights, well worth checking out. And, and the nice thing is if you have a bike that it's tough to find a spot to mount a light, in particular if you're worried about when you drop the bike, you don't want the light crushed, look at those Aurora 2-inch lights. They have the Evo safety turn signal inserts. Now, I really like this product as well. It's on my bike. It turns your front turn signals into super bright driving lights, and then they turn into signals as well when you use the signals. And in the back, super bright brake lights. I mean, you touch the brakes, these things punch out the red light, commanding attention. Really, really sweet modification for your bike. They also sell CAN bus plug-and-play systems like the Hex Easy Can. Now, what that does is that allows you to wire up lights, for instance, using this system and it just it's plug and play it plugs into your CAN bus system and then you use your your factory controls on the bike to control your headlights and that saves you the the anguish of coming and finding that the some of the wiring you've done has left your battery dead you know because your lights have stayed on so it'll turn off with your ignition very sweet setup so look at those CAN bus plug and play systems all kinds of things all kinds of configurations all kinds of lights cyclopsadventuresports.com is a website anytime you're dealing with them Throw in there that you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio, cyclopsadventuresports.com. You know, in my mind, there's not a lot of modifications you can do to a motorcycle that will allow you to get more from your riding skills. But the one that I think makes a night and day difference is to switch out your foot pegs for IMS Products pegs. IMS Products has a full line of adventure motorcycle foot pegs, enough models that no matter how you ride, you're going to find one that suits your style and increases your control of your bike. Feeling is believe. As a matter of fact, 
I remember a story from IMS about a, a pretty well-known rider. They were set up at a show, I think is what it was. And he came up to the booth and looked at their ADV-1 and their ADV-2 peg, which at the time were brand new. Now, the ADV-1 and the ADV-2 pegs, they're large pegs. These are bigger, probably larger than anything you've seen for a foot peg. Anyway, this guy had nothing nice to say. He sort of ripped into them and, and just went on and on. And finally, the owner of IMS, who was standing there listening to us, Scott Wright, he said, well, look, why don't you take those? And I think he kind of challenged them, said, take those foot pegs, go put them on your bike, go ride, come back and tell me if you still feel the same way. Anyway, to make a long story short, he did. The guy came back quite humble because he was not only pleased with these ADV1 and ADV2 pegs, whichever one it was that he tried, but he was blown away with how good they were. That's amazing. Now, IMS Products has been around since 1976. They know what they're doing and they put massive amounts of R&D into their products and they're so connected with the, the motorcycle industry and off-road racing that they can generate a massive amount of feedback and because they're so experienced, they can compile all that data and apply it to these products that they make. And they do that. That's what goes into these foot pegs. Get authentic IMS products foot pegs from imsproducts.com. Anytime you're dealing with them, throw in there that you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. imsproducts.com. Before we go into the, the other type of pivot that we're going to do, I wonder if we shouldn't tackle those other ways to turn around the rocking the bike, the multi-point turn, all of that stuff first, because I think that sort of lends itself to the thought process or at least the approach of the side stand pivot off the bike. It does. You know, somewhat less excitable. So so let's cover that first. So what are some of the ways that we can turn a motorcycle around if we didn't want to do the side stand pivot? Yeah, it might be the scenario where you thought the trail to the left was the one and it's not. Or there's a monster tree. There's no way you can go around or over it you've got to turn around in a very tight space. So one way is while you're still approaching the big area that you can't pass, let's say it's a tree, way before, move your bike way over to the right-hand side of the trail because that's going to give us the best option to turn left. Then I'm going to slow right down, get my bike turning to the left as sharp as I can without dropping the bike. I don't really want to put my foot down yet to do this, so I'll do as hard a turn to the left as possible, and I'm going to hit the edge of the trail, but it's not wide enough to do one left turn. So what I'll do is I'll stop, pull in the clutch, and then while I'm stopped and my left foot's down, I'm going to turn the bars full lock to the right. And then with the clutch in, if my feet are on the ground and I've got enough strength and traction, I'll back the bike up, Jim. I haven't shut it off. I just pulled the clutch in. Mm -hmm. And I'll back it up as far as I can, then turn the bar full lock to the left. And if you lean it over, the motorcycle tires, if you look at them from the bottom up, it's a U-shape. So if you're leaned over on the sidewall of a motorcycle, the tire is actually shorter in diameter than the middle of the tire measurement all around. That means it'll turn a sharper corner leaned over. Mm -hmm. That's my point. So with my foot as far away from me as possible to the left, I'm leaning the weight of the bike on my left foot and then I'll slowly let the clutch out 
And maybe that was enough to get around that turn. If I still can't do it, I've run out of trail. I pull the clutch in and repeat. Full lock to the right, clutches in, back up as far as I can. So it's like a three-point turn you would do in your car, but we don't have reverse. Well, most of us don't. Right. And, and of course, reverse is the real issue. Sometimes if you have a heavy bike and not real long legs, reverse can be problematic. So we're going to come up with some some ways that you might yeah. be able to work with things. So what kind of things can we look for that would help us turn around? A little bit of an incline, a little bit of a little uphill. It could be just the side of the trail because most trails with repetitive use of, you know, animals, vehicles, people walking, it'll be concaved. It sinks down in the middle. So if you can ride up, onto the edge of the trail. So your front wheel is now higher elevation than the rear. Pull the clutch in, turn your bars full lock, and just walk it backwards. So you're using gravity as your reverse, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, so you're looking for any sort of anything, little bump going up to the bottom of a stump or, or anything at all that's going to raise that front wheel just a little bit, just to help you get the momentum funny how momentum comes into to play so much when it comes to riding motorcycles. Yes. You know, I, I always find that interesting how often we use it, even on little things like this. So if you get that little hump, you get the front wheel up a little bit, it gives you a little bit of momentum to yank it backwards because that's the tough part. Yes. And you can use your front suspension too, Jim. As you go in there, get the edge of the trail, trail. you know, use some, not really aggressive front brake, but compress the front suspension. And time the front brake release with the clutch in and your boots moving backwards. So now that compressed spring is helping you reverse. It's helping gravity push you backwards. It works awesome. That's the one I like. I, I find that particularly handy. If you're just sitting on the bike and, you're, and you've got a tight spot, yeah. You have to, you have to be um, kind of aggressive with it, I find, for me anyway. that I've, I've got to be kind of aggressive, like sort of uh, give it a, a shot of throttle, a little bit of clutch, and then jump on that front brake to compress it. And then, like you said, time it, pull it back. But um, certainly just using everything you can to, um, to give yourself a hand. And also, what, what about the center hump? Yeah, the, the same thing. You can do that where... There's a crown in the trail. Is that where you mean, Jim? Mm -hmm. So Jeeps or ATVs have made big ruts and you've got a turn in there. Sometimes uh, that's a good spot to do your pivot turn with the side stand down Mm -hmm. because the tires are almost off the ground, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. The center of the bike is much higher than the bottom of the wheels. So that's a good way to do it. But with the side stand up, and the engine running, you can use the depression in the right rut or tire track, roll up onto the center hump and do that reversal. So you're using that gravity to help you reverse. And that's helping you forward and reverse, isn't it? Because as you go back, the front wheel comes up the other side and then you go forward and the back wheel comes up. And that's a very smooth, I mean, if you can find a spot like that when you're turning around doing this multi-point turn, that helps a lot. It does. And it looks really slick, but talking about it sounds pretty simple. Uh, Trying it takes a lot of practice. I think like anything we talk about, you can't watch a YouTube video, listen to some nut 
on Adventure Rider Radio. Yours truly. And, well, I wasn't uh, sure if you were talking about me. I was just, that was, got me no, thinking, no, Clinton. No, no, me, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Never cut the host up. <laughs> uh, but uh, it does take practice. So, you know, all of us love to go ride, but I try to incorporate a little bit of practice into my rides. If I'm just doing the same trails at the same skill level, you know, I guess I'm progressing in my abilities a little bit, but you got to push yourself into doing extra little things like this because boy, is that handy to have in your back pocket that skill because you're going to get lost. You're going to have to do these tight turnaround for whatever reason, trees down. There's a cliff now that wasn't there because of the hurricane washed out the trail. These turnaround techniques really work, but they're they're not easy if you've never practiced it. It's these little things that make all the difference for your ride, isn't it? Because once you learn the the finesse of doing something like this, turning around, you've you've balanced your bike, you've learned to to deal with your bike when it's stopped. And those are the times that, that I find that you get into trouble, right? When your bike slows down. We all know this. You get into yes. trouble when the bike slows down. But if you built those skills, like you said, by by practicing your turnaround, practice your pivot turn, your side stand pivot turn, practice just turning around, going back and forth, those type of things will make you just more comfortable. So when you run into any sort of issue, you have a better feel for the bike. Yes. Hey, you mentioned uh, something about dropping your bike if you happen to be turning around or trying to turn around in a tight spot. I'm actually very proficient at that, Jim. <laughs> so let's say you're you're trying to turn or you use too aggressive front brake and the thing drops. So it's still pointing west. There's no sense in picking the thing up and then doing some of the methods we've talked about. And there's a couple of other tricks we haven't got to yet. What I do, the thing's on the ground. It's got engine guards on it or it's got some upper guards. Whatever damage happened when it dropped is already going to happen. It's already happened. So I don't panic and dive down and lift my motorcycle, hurt my back. I just relax. Okay, I've got to go backwards. I want to go east. The bike's pointing west on the ground. I'll grab the front wheel, tilt it upwards so it's on tread. It's not flat. And then I simply roll the wheel and I drag the bike around until it's pointing east. Mm. Then I pick it up because I'm pointing the direction I want to end up going. So I just leave it there, spin it on the ground, and then I pick it up. When you say lift the wheel and then roll the wheel, what you're saying is turn, lift the, the wheel in a way that it's turning the bars into the ground is basically what it's yes, saying. Yes, It's pointing exactly. the bike into the ground. That's getting the front tire con- in contact with the ground and you're rolling it around and that's, that's dead easy. Yeah, it, and uh, we've got good knobby tires or 50-50 tires. You just spin it, but keep your hand out of the brake components. Right. A, they're very hot and you don't want to jam a finger in there. So use your gloves and you just rotate the tire, spin it with your hands, and that pulls the bike around. You mentioned in there some other ways. Do, you, do we have other turnaround ways before we get to the spin? Oh, that's. I was going to talk about that spin one. Um, there's another one. We talked about using the incline to back up. Yep. Uh, that one r- works really well. The top, top riders, the Chris Birch type people, 
they don't even put a foot down, Jim. And I've been trying this for years on big bikes. Just can't get my brain to do it. I can do it on a trials bike where I'll roll up a gentle hill, pull in the clutch, roll backwards, but turn the bar. So I'm essentially doing a turn, but I can do it on a trials bike without putting my foot down. It's just less intimidating, I think. It's all, mm. it's a confidence thing, not so much a skill. But I tried on even like a, a 450 enduro bike, and I just can't do it. I have to put a foot down. This is just a balance. I'd say just, this is, is a balance thing. And of course, this is obviously very advanced because what you're asking to, someone to do is ride backwards. Yes. And boy, that is tough to do. Right. That makes sense. So an, an advanced skill. So let's leave that one aside. Yeah. And, and let's, now we're going to go to the fun one. And I was going to mention that this one, we're going to talk about this. What's the name for this, by the way? We call them hook turns. Hook turns. Now we're talking yeah. the one where you're standing beside your motorcycle. Yeah. So we've got to turn around. The bike is running in this instance, first gear. I turn it full lock to the left, the clutch is in, of course. And with it full lock to the left, I lean it way over towards me. So you cannot be standing right up against your bike. Your arm's length away. And then you drop the clutch with half throttle, pretty aggressive throttle. And you can't let the clutch out very tentatively, very easily. Drop the clutch. But your fingers are resting on the end of the clutch. So you've let it out all the way, but I've still got two fingers out there, which we always talk about. Mm -hmm. Now, with the bike leaned way over, the back wheel is going to light up. And this is very easy to do in loose terrain. It's a little sketchy on pavement because the thing is going to launch and take off. But in sand, gravel, mud, snow, as you drop the clutch and give her a shot, the back end is going to drift out. All the while, you're keeping the handlebars at full lock to the left. So the bike is spraying dirt, gravel, whatever it is, and the vehicle turns sharply because you're leaned over. Again, then, what you were saying about when you lean the bike over, it's obviously going to turn that direction. Yeah, and it's on the sidewall, so it turns very quickly mm -hmm. in a U-turn. And when you've accomplished the turn, you simply slip the clutch in because your fingers are resting on there, and you back the throttle off okay. and lift and lift the bike back up. Okay, let's just back up here and just slow down a little bit. Okay, so we're <laughs> we're in our we're in our spot to turn around. We're off the bike. We're standing beside it. Side stand is up. Yes. Okay. So I'm um, I'm standing beside the bike. I'm going to move away from the bike a little bit, and I'm going to lean it over. Now, can you talk a little bit about that lean? How far we're going to lean it? How do we avoid dropping it? All, all those sorts of things that go with leaning a bike towards you when you're off the bike. Yeah, it, it's practiced. It depends on the size and weight of the bike, the length of your legs and arms. But if when you're leaning it over, the bike drops, you've leaned it over too far. <laughs> Good tip. Okay. So it, it's a matter of practice. But if it's straight up and down, Jim, even though you've turned the bars, the back tire is flat on the ground. It's not on the sidewall. It's not leaned. If you drop the clutch and give it full throttle, 
it is going to take you for a ride. It'll probably pull you off your feet and the bike is going to crash on its right hand side when you were trying to turn left. Mm -hmm. So the idea is you lean it towards you, your arm's length away. Full lock is very, very important. It's turned as far to the left as possible. Now, when you drop the clutch and light it up with the throttle, that is, it's on the edge of the tire, the sidewall, the rear tire, and it will drift sideways and it'll turn left. It doesn't launch getting huge traction and pull you off your feet. Now, to, to just sort of jump back, the side stand pivot is, is doing the same thing, but a completely different method. So if somebody does a side stand pivot in front of you, you can do this tire spin pivot and sort of one-up them <laughs> by showing yeah. just how incredible you are with this. So in any case, let, let me get back seriously, though. Um, so we're leaning it over far enough that it's it's really kind of an uncomfortable lean. It's not like the side stand pivot where it That's was just correct. past balance. Uncomfortable lean against uh, against our thigh. Then with both of these, uh, I know that if you were standing here telling me how to do it, you would probably tell me to turn my head and look where I'm going. Exactly. Okay. That really helps. And then you have a sense of if you've accomplished enough of a turn to slip the clutch and back the throttle off. Right. To stop spraying dirt. And we should caution in an environmental sense and a community sense, don't do this in a gravel parking lot that someone has graded or raked, you know, at a monument yeah. or something. Don't do it when there's public around that would use that gravel parking lot and is going to think, well, there's another moron motorcycle chewing everything up. Mm -hmm. So this is used more in a trail environment type turn, but it's not a show off type thing. Uh, you just make us all look bad. Right. Yeah, no, that, that's that's well worth saying for sure. Now, um, so with this, this is a pretty aggressive thing that we're doing here because as you said, you're giving it like half throttle. You're dumping the clutch and you're, the bike is going to move very quickly. It's going to turn very fast around you. And and the release, like the, uh, the safety on it is the clutch. Absolutely. Take the power away. Mm. So leave your two fingers resting on the clutch once you've dropped it. And, and you got to be prepared to do that because really that's what you're doing first. You're, you're pulling the clutch in, then you're letting the throttle off. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. I clutch mean, sort of first. at the same time, but I mean, you know, that, that's sort yeah. of what you're doing because the clutch is so instantaneous and that's our safety on that. So if things kind of yes. get bent out of shape and it doesn't really work like you expected it to work, the clutch is your way out. Yeah. I did try it last summer in Colorado with a friend of mine he has a DCT 1100cc Africa twin, this, the big one. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if it's called the Super Enduro, but it's got the monster tank. Mm -hmm. And we had to turn around in the mountains. Gravel, so it was great. I did the spin turn on my bike. He was pretty tired, and I think that kind of skill might have intimidated him. So I said, oh, yeah, sure, I'll do it. And then I thought, holy crap, this thing has two clutches, but there's not one up by my hand. <laughs> when I can shut off the power. So I, what I did, Jim, is I took the traction control off, which I should have done today on the Triumph, which I didn't. I leaned it way over. I gave it a shot of throttle. And then I used the front brake when I shut it off to stop the spin. Oh, that's a little and risky because I can put it down on you. 
It, it was interesting. <laughs> I wouldn't want to do it every day, but we managed to get the bike turned around. Right. So it worked. You just mentioned but, uh, traction control. That's something else yeah. we, we should have said. Yes. Yeah. Good. We we planned it this way, Jim. So it made did. more sense. Yeah. Of course we did. But absolutely. Because when you drop the clutch, if your traction control is on, as soon as the computer recognizes the wheel is spinning, shuts the power off, and you are going to fall down. Right. Because you're, you're thinking you're going to turn. And all of a sudden, there's no power. It's just the bike is going to drop. We mentioned um, turning your head and looking in the direction. And you obviously have to be prepared as well. Your body... You, you, I, I do, do you recommend rotating to begin with? Like, do you sort of step a foot out before yeah. you start this? Yes. Point your to, your left toe to the direction you want to go and you pivot your whole body. Turn your shoulders and back and hips with the bike. Right. And so you don't twist up anything. That really helps. Good point. Okay. Wow. I mean, that seems, uh, it seems fairly straightforward. And I think it's something, uh, how much practice do you think it takes to get the hang of this one? Well, you know what really helps a lot of our customers who try it? They won't commit. They, they let the clutch out and immediately pull it back in. Mm. The tire, tire hasn't had a chance to move yet. It takes a little nerve to launch that clutch and spin the back wheel. Yeah. So what we do, we say, you know what? Your bike's 560 pounds. Why don't you try this little dirt bike? It weighs uh, 200 pounds. And it's way less intimidating with a small bike. Oh, yeah. So borrow your friend's small bike. <laughs> Don't tell them what you're going to do. Right. And that less weight is far less intimidating. But it's the identical procedure and maneuver that your hands are doing, your body's doing. Mm -hmm. And then so uh, fine tune it with the little dirt bike and then try it. On your friend's adventure bike. You know, I'm just going to borrow it for an hour. I've never ridden right. this bike. Can I test your bike? Right. Yeah. Okay, so can you just do it like just a fast recap then of exactly what yeah. you're going to do? So this is a spin turn or a hook turn. Um, I The surface is very important. The looser it is, sand, mud, gravel, the better. So don't try it on pavement. Lean the motorcycle towards you, but you're at arm's length away, or your right hip, lean the bike onto your right hip. Side Full stand up. Lock, side stand up, the bike's running, first gear, clutches in. Turn the handlebars full lock to the left, and then you kind of psych yourself up to, okay, first thing I'm going to do is drop the clutch and give it half throttle. And I'm going to feel with it leaned over, the back tire is going to spin aggressively on the sidewall, so it's going to drift away from me a little bit. So you pivot your body as the motorcycle is turning. Your eyes are up, looking left. Once you've got it around the corner, the half circle that you've done, like a 180, slip the clutch, stand the bike up, roll the throttle off. That's kind of one maneuver. Because if it's leaned over aggressively and you simply pull the clutch in, you're holding up a really big, heavy motorcycle because mm -hmm. inertia is not helping right now. You just took the power away. So you have to kind of stand it up as you come out of the turn so it's easier to hold up when you take the power away. Okay. And that's it. You're facing the other way. 
Sounds pretty good to me. I think you did a great job in explaining this. Now, the the nice thing is, is if you go out and practice that turn, next time we talk, we will do the the power slide turn. Or what what do you call that? Yeah, power turn, slide turn. Right. That's a, it's definitely um, easier to do if you break it down into components. Uh, We do breaks. Oh, you don't want to talk about it right now? No, no, no. No, I'm saying next time. So, Next time, okay. So, so next really time, we'll t- so let, let's let's send everybody off to learn the tire spin pivot when you're off the bike. Next time we get together, we'll do the skid turn, um, and we can do both. We can we can do the thing where you're just skidding to a stop, and then and then the whole turn around. Which I'm, that's what you're yeah. going to do, right? Yes. Yeah, that's a really fun lesson in a big gravel area. And uh, the customers absolutely love it. Oh, yeah, that's, this is fun. Okay, well, I can't wait for that one. That's great. Thank you very much, Clinton. We're going to put those videos that you have for us in the yes. show notes. So if you're, if you're looking for a little more detail on this, you can go to the show notes on our website and look at the videos that Clinton did just for us for these turnarounds. That's great, Clinton. Perfect. Thank you so much. Now, I guess you can go have your dinner. Yes, thanks so much, Jim. I had a visit. Greet the dog. Because he was quite upset I came, rushed in to do this, and I just walked right by him. <laughs> so he's wondering, what did he do? Yes, yes, definitely greet awesome. the dog first and then have dinner. Thanks so much, Clinton. Perfect. Thanks, Jim. Bye-bye now. Well, that was Clinton Smout from Smart Adventures in Ontario, Canada. His website is smartadventures.ca. They have a world-class facility there at the Horseshoe Resort. Just an incredible training setup. Now, we've got some videos and photos from what we talked about in the show notes for this episode on our website, adventureriderradio.com. So if you need some visuals on what we've talked about in those two turns, just look at the show notes. It's all at adventureriderradio.com. I just want to remind you that this episode has been brought to you by Green Chili Adventure Gear, greenchiliadv.com, Motobreeze Chain Oiler at motobreeze.com, and Best Rest Products at cyclepump.com. And we'd really appreciate it if anytime you're dealing with these companies, anytime, email or otherwise, let them know you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. That about wraps up another episode of Adventure Rider Radio, and we sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did making it. Special thanks to our producer, Elizabeth Martin, and you, thank you very much for listening and being a part of it. The show is built on a model of advertising and listener support. Hey, we need your support. You know, I think a lot of people sit back and they think that everybody else is doing it, but honestly, and I know I've said it before here, but we have so many people listen to the show every week, and it's a very, very small percentage of people who actually support the show. So please, be one of those that support. Drop by our website, adventureriderradio.com, and click on support. That'll also get you some Adventure Rider Radio stickers, and get some cool things going on there. Anyway, the other thing I want to mention to you is we have our other show that, we, that comes out once a month, Adventure Rider Radio Raw. You need to subscribe separately. You can find it everywhere you find podcasts. And we have another one coming out, well, very soon. It comes out the 21st of every month, Adventure Rider Radio Raw does. It's roundtable talks about motorcycle travel. It's a group of us. They get together a lot of fun and a lot of information as well. These are they're serious, experienced travelers on that show. Now, the other thing is, if you haven't done it already, we would love to get a five-star review from you on 
well, wherever you're finding the podcast. So if you, you're finding it iTunes or Podbean or wherever it is that you're, you're finding the podcast, we'd love to get a five-star review because that helps other people find the show. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. I, I do very much appreciate it. My name is Jim Martin. Now it's time to get out there and ride your bike if you can, and I will talk to you next week. Billy Ward, sometimes known as Billy Bike Truck, and you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. (laughs) 